0: Welcome to the church we hope for. My name is Pastor Lila White, um, and we're a beloved, <laughs> beloved community moved by the life, love, and justice of Jesus. We want you to know, even if you, even if you have doubts, fear, happiness, or a dog, you're still welcome. See, Mama, this is why we should get it out. Okay, like. How about after church? We'll start looking. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Um, who's excited for church in person next week? <laughs> um, um, <laughs> okay, um, we'll be meeting on mission gathering. I have for and I really hope we can watch even though we'll probably be running late hopefully we'll, we'll still watch and see the fresh outdoors. today our service is in today our service oh no, today our service is in honor of Blanche History Month, which I'm clearly a part of. Because here we celebrate all races and ethnicities. The theme of today's service is remembrance, remembrance, and resistance. Oh, oopsies! Today we want to not only remember Black lives in Black History Month, but also the lives of the people in Ukraine. Okay, so first we have a testimonial by my little sister Ava. Yay! Okay, so take the stage, Ava,
1: it's all yours. Let's just give our sister Ava a moment while she pulls it up. (laughs) All right, Ava, here you go. Take it away, baby.
0: Okay, I
2: can still remember the time I I can still remember the first time I went to a Black Lives Matter protest. I thought that I was going to die because the police would shoot us. God and my mom kept telling me, you'll be fine, it's just your fear to me. But two weeks ago, I was talking to my friend Vivian, and she said she was super nervous about her first Black Lives Matter protest. But when she saw a police marching, uh, he came over, pulled over, and got out of the car. Surprisingly, he was black. The, uh, the police officer, my friend, Vivian, and her family, and other people started to march. So next time I go to Black Lives Matter protest or anyone, listen to God and you won't be scared. Okay, and my second part is, I just wanted to say, Putin is doing very bad things to to Ukraine, and it needs to stop. Why can't life just be peaceful between them? Putin is trying to take the land and not let people stay in their homes. We need to stop him before he takes all the land and all of the people in Ukraine go to Romania.
0: I think she's having trouble unmuting, Rob. Does she have
3: privileges? (laughs) Try again. Okay,
0: there we go. Hi, Ava. Okay. That was a really good job, Ava. Okay, so now I would just like to take a second and pray for the people in Ukraine that are all scared right now because, obviously, what Ava said. But, okay, so, yeah. Lord, I pray that all the children and adults in Ukraine can be protected and they can leave without having any troubles and that Romania will welcome them with open arms and that Russia will realize how horrible what they're doing is. I pray that all the children whose lives were lost in the bombing, like the people of the children's hospital, can find their way to you. I pray that you can protect themselves and that you can protect them too. Amen. Okay, so now let us welcome Rochelle who will be
4: reading. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Lila, for that introduction. Uh, Good morning, church. Very grateful to be in this space with you um, and to share this day where we're gonna recognize and honor Black history, uh, which, happens every day, but we're highlighting it this month. So um, I thought we begin by posturing our hearts and uh, preparing our minds to receive everything that is going to come during this service. I'm gonna begin with two prayers that I've selected. Um, the first is a prayer by Howard Thurman and Howard Thurman was a theologian. Um, he lived from 1899 to 1981. Um, He was the first Black dean of a predominantly white university, Boston University. He founded the Church of the Fellowship for All Peoples in San Francisco, which was the first integrated interfaith religious congregation in the U.S. He was a mentor to Martin Luther King as well. Um, And I read about him that he believed that the first order of social change was changing one's individual internal spirit. And so to that end, I'd like us all to prepare our hearts to receive um, the things that are to come today. I'm going to be reading two prayers, and I would ask that you um, bow your heads and be still and listen to the words of these these two prayers. I'll move from one and then into the other. The first prayer is by Howard Thurman, and it's called, Lord, Lord, open unto me. So- Let us pray. Open unto me, light for my darkness. Open unto me, courage for my fear. Open unto me, hope for my despair. Open unto me, peace for my turmoil. Open unto me, joy for my sorrow. Open unto me, strength for my weakness. Open unto me wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me tenderness for my toughness. Open unto me love for my hates. Open unto me thyself for myself. Lord, Lord, open unto me. The second prayer is Shake Us From Our Slumber by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. When our eyes do not see the gravity of racial justice, shake us from our slumber and open our eyes, O Lord. When out of fear we are frozen into inaction, give us a spirit of bravery, O Lord. When we try our best but say the wrong things, give us a spirit of humility, O Lord. When the chaos of this dies down, give us a lasting spirit of solidarity, O Lord. When it becomes easier to point fingers outward, help us to examine our own hearts, O Lord. God of truth, in your wisdom, enlighten us. God of hope, in your kindness, heal us. Creator of all people, in your generosity, guide us. Open our hearts that we may be bold in finding the riches of inclusion and the treasures of diversity among us. We pray in faith. Amen. The last reading that I have for you is actually a song. It's by the great Langston Hughes, who was a poet, a novelist, a playwright, and a social activist uh, during the Harlem Renaissance. And I read this um, piece when I was a a youngster in high school, the early years of high school. And it moved me so much that I actually had a physical response. I, I walked more erectly, I lifted my head, um, and that was important to me in the environments that I was growing up in, um, where my very existence was minimized. Um, it took me back to sit-ins at the lunch counters in the South and other places in the U.S. Um, where there were people were refusing to be silenced, refusing to be excluded, refusing to be dehumanized, refusing to be invisible, and refusing to be erased from the pages of America, its history, and its present day. The America that was built on the backs of Black people who were demanding their rights and who would no longer be devalued. Um, To me, that was the ultimate example of speaking truth to power. Um, This poem or this piece also says to me that no one group can claim America. America is not a monolith. All that's going to be shared in this service today, that we're going to hear today, represents America. Black history in America, but above all, every tongue and tribe in the nation of the kingdom of God. So I'm going to read for you, I Too by Langston Hughes. I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am
3: and be ashamed. I too am
0: America. okay thank you for that reading and the prayers and the poems yes so now we'll have my mom I'll do a few songs in worship and then my dad will um who is going to share a short message about the song he wrote and then he's going to play it i've probably heard the song like a thousand times but let's make it a thousand and one
1: Thank you, Lila. (laughs) Good morning. Um, So I wanted to share with you three worship songs that are close to my heart. When my parents were in their late 30s, like early 40s, they started following Jesus. And these are the songs that I learned in the tiny Black church that we first called home. So please quietly lift your voices with me together and praise and prayer um, in celebration of both Black history as well as um, for the people in the Ukraine.
0: We love
5: you, Lord. And we lift our voice to worship you. Oh, our souls, rejoice. Take joy, our King. In what you hear Let it be a sweet, sweet sound In your ear Jesus Name above all names beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God, you're with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. With my hands lifted up And my mouth filled with praise With the heart of thanksgiving I will bless thee, O Lord I will bless thee, O Lord I will bless thee, thee, O Lord with the heart of thanksgiving, I will bless Thee, O oh Lord.
0: Amen.
3: Uh, I don't know if I can
6: can follow after that. <laughs> oh, just uh, love hearing you sing uh, the word. Um, wow. So. Good morning, church. Glad to be here with you this morning. Um, you know, I'm going to share in worship today. And, uh, you know, the song that I wrote is coming from the lens of resistance. Um, I wrote and composed Weaponless as Resisting America in uh, November of 2019 after the election with the Trump administration's repeated threatening use of force on civilians, claiming they were wronged by voters. It was a really tough space to be in. It's like, yes, we got, Trump is gone, but is he gonna be gone? And, you know, is, you know, the US military and the state military is gonna be used against us, right? And there's nothing we could do, right? Because, right, America has weapons and all the weapons that America has makes it a threat, right? To their own civilians. So if you remove the weapons, there is no militaristic threat of force, so this is sort of where uh, this is where I was when I wrote the song. Um, I was blessed to be accompanied vocally and creative, creative creatively uh, by my wife Jasmine and pastor Bobby, which which was such a joy in a moment. Um, it brought me back to the days when I lived artist first, uh, not business person first or I was just an artist um, we also added Jasmine's spoken word scripture reading of Micah 4:15, using the piano riffs as an intro to the song, because it speaks to a, a, a you know God's world without weapons, right? And there's peace in the world. Um, we finalized the track with the engineer in February 2020, um, after democracy was restored. I guess momentarily, we'll see. Um, And yeah, even thinking about our brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now, could you imagine if there were no weapons, we would not be, you know, their democracy would be at peace right now. Um, So I hope you enjoy, uh, you know, thank you for being willing to listen and share, uh, you know, my form of testimonial uh, uh, to the world.
3: Thank you.
7: God's temple on the mountain, firmly fixed, will dominate all mountains, towering above surrounding hills. People will stream to it, and many nations set out for it, saying, Come, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how to live. We'll know how to live God's way. True teaching will issue from Zion, God's revelation from Jerusalem. He'll establish justice in the rabble of nations and settle disputes in faraway places. They'll trade in their swords for shovels, their spears for rakes and hoes. Nations will quit fighting each other, quit learning how to kill one another. Each man will sit under his own shade tree. Each woman, in safety, will tend her own garden. God of the angel armies says so, and he means what he says. Meanwhile, all the other people live however they wish, picking and choosing their gods. But we live honoring God, and we're loyal to our God forever and forever. And the world be weaponless, and the world be
8: weaponless. Yes. And the world be weaponless, and the world be weaponless. Yes. The question is what are weapons for? What weapons for? Wow, game. Fame for murderers and captors, greedy gender rules of wars, pillages of objects, pirates, wars, all one the one more. World be weaponless. Can the world be weaponless. yes. Can the world be weaponless. can the world be weaponless. yes. I just want to stand on set, stand on black, stand down, cops, stand with my hands down. And When life is weaponless, effort spins on breath and steps that represents peace and bed to bed for Earth's settlements. Can the world be weaponless? Can the world be weaponless? Yes. Can the world be weaponless? Can the world be weaponless? Yes. No need for army tanks and army rings. Naval torpedoes through air, force and mass destruction, state heroes, marine seduction, greed malfunctions, force to bear arms instead of using bare palms for disruptions. are 15 seconds till so my rest pause Then the graveyard Are you with me? This is simply The danger The anger that isn't me Can the world be weaponless? Can the world be weaponless? Yes Can the world be weaponless? Can the world be weaponless? Yes I wonder if I'm safer in my dreams. World's extremes seem so nuclear. Each day I awaken to beams of light, streams of thought, glass, have full means, Hope and laws will pass in my land, but I can truly be brave and weapon free.
0: Good job, Mama, with your beautiful singing voice. And good job, Dana. that was a great 1,001st time. Okay, so next we have Pastor Phil Allen, who was born in South Carolina, just like me. Okay, so take it away, Phil.
9: Thank you, Pastor Lila, good morning, everyone. Can I just, just smile for a minute? She has me over here, filled. With her energy and that joy. Thank you so much. Um, If we can multiply you, clone you, and just pass you around, all around, everywhere right now, that would be a a blessing to everybody. Uh, I'm gonna share something. It's not a traditional sermon, Um, it's kind of a, a, a weaving of poetry, narrative, and testimony. And I'm centering it around the body. Or, uh, my body, or black bodies. So I, I hope it resonates. I hope you can track with me. Um, it's entitled My Body: Remembering: Remembering and Resistance. My body tells a story that not everyone wants to hear. It will force you to cringe from its intro through its chapters into the conclusion of its narrative. It's a song that will make some dance, some lament, and some close their ears. My body is a chorus in itself, a refrain that sounds like a repetition of cries to one person or a beautiful melody to another. The body, our bodies, is the intersection point of memory or remembering and resistance following the theme that we have this morning. And I want to pause and and continue with Pastor Lila, um, her prayer for the people of Ukraine earlier. And as we continue to pray for the citizens of Ukraine, think about the stories of tragedy and trauma and resiliency, resiliency being collected by and retained in their bodies right now. Bodies that stand in front of tanks, bodies that are armed, bodies that flee, bodies that remember childhoods and weddings and romantic moments, bodies that absorb the gunfire and sounds of missiles demolishing their targets, and bodies that even smell the scents of war. What stories will those bodies tell future generations of Ukrainians? And so our prayers say we stand in solidarity with them. But we read and study and meditate on a book that invites us to remember the Bible. We are invited to learn from a narrative of collective memory. The authors of the old Testament told a story of the history of a people that points to a God putting on the flesh of a human body. And the new Testament is also about remembering. It testifies about God in a human body dwelling among us, a body that functioned with salvific implications for all of humanity, in fact, for creation. The narrative around Jesus and the Last Supper reoriented a sacred meal around his body. He then tells them to have this meal together and do it in remembrance of him. He asked them to eat as the body and remember a body, purpose for salvation and solidarity. It also is a book that narrates and models resistance, resistance to sin in general and to oppressive power structures embodied by the Jewish leaders and neighboring nations and the Roman empire when we immerse ourselves in the pages of the biblical narrative, we remember the body of a Hebrew boy saved by Egyptian midwives as a form of resistance to Pharaoh. We remember the injury on Jacob's body as he wrestled with the angel of the Lord. We remember the newborn body laid down in an animal's feeding trough. We remember a beaten, scarred body hanging from a cross in between two other bodies. We remember a tomb without a body that confirmed the resurrection. We remember the encounters with the resurrected body that would ground the testimonies of many who declared their faith in Jesus even unto death. My body has memories too. My body holds the memory of the first time I was reminded that I was black. And that reminder didn't line up with the richness in the history that I was familiar with. I remember when a white woman did not want her body to touch mine. Mind you, I'm patronizing her store. I'm purchasing from her. So I stand in line and I watch her with uh, her white patrons in front of me. She's smiling and she's soft and and she's glad to see them. And then when I come up to the counter, her face turns to stone. She handed them their change. She held her hand high above mine to drop my change in my hand only for it to spill onto the counter. She didn't want her, her body to touch my black body. I find out later that many other African Americans who went to that store had the same experience. And then my body remembered that moment when it happened again in Los Angeles 20 years later by an East Indian man who did not want to touch my hand. He did the exact same thing that that woman did. And my body responded. My body remembered. And my body resisted this time. So as I reflect on my body, on Black bodies, I want to share this piece with you. God created and yet socially formed. It is the intersection of divine hands and life's terrain. It is traumatized and beautiful at the same time. It is both seed and fruit. My body is that which has been planted in the soil of blackness. Soil tilled, nurtured, and hydrated by the blood, sweat, and tears of my ancestors. My body is the seed that germinated in the womb of Hagar Tumor. A mulatto, a mother, enslaved, but brave. It took the next eight generations of this body becoming through the genetic corridor of her children and my foreparents. Yet I am Hagar's fruit. Fruit she has never touched, embraced seen. Except by her prayers and her imagination, my body compels us to remember her. My body invokes memories of the movements in an African tribal ritual or an African-American dance, both predating my last name's reminder of a slave owner's brand. The forced identity theft from this African-descended body was as brutal as the whip in the slave owner's hand. My body is the tragic intersection of Africa, the New World, and Europe. It was the replacement for indigenous bodies to assault the earth on plantations for the sake of prosperity. Yet my body is the intersection of memory, of heritage, and resistance to racial heresy. My body is the fruit of intergenerational resilience and the instrument for activism. My body sat in Greensboro at that lunch counter. And my body marched until the barriers on the buses were no longer acceptable. My body kneeled before a sacred symbol to demand the end to its violent hypocrisy. My body enters spaces to break up the monopoly of those in power who hoard rights and safety, resources and opportunity. I focus on the body inspiring us to remember because all of us have scars or marks that remind us of an event or an injury or something. None of us can escape this. Our bodies remind us of our own growth and experiences. Often we have our bodies as a resource for resistance to injustices. We sit, we march, we kneel, we escape, we run, we fight. I think about how our bodies, their bodies before us were central to resistance and protest, even in my own family. I, I, I did an interview for my film, um, Open wounds, and my my uncle didn't make the film, but my uncle shared that his sister, my grandmother, um, she was feisty man. She she was a feisty woman. Sometimes she was tough to to, to even live with, but she'll give you the shirt off her, off her back. And she, my grandfather, her her husband was killed in 1953, and she raised four kids. She went back to school. She eventually got her master's, I believe, and she became an educator. And she raised four kids. But before, when she was a teenager, I heard the story of that before there were any cameras, before the 1960s civil rights movement, she was doing sit-ins. This is how brave this woman was. She took her body to restaurants in South Carolina, and she sat at the counter waiting to be served, knowing she would not be served. And she would sit there for an hour or so, and she would leave, only to come back a week or two later to do the same thing. She used her body to make statements. One of her sons, uh, my uncle Bobby, he passed away in 19, in 2015 um, due to complications of CTE. He was a football player uh, at Michigan State, Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, my my first uh, mentor, one of my first mentors, um, he was a hero. He got drafted in the NFL in in, in the fourth round in 1972. And I asked him, uh, why didn't he ever play in the NFL? Because he never played in the NFL. And so before he passed away, we had a conversation. I asked him, and he said, he got drafted by the Baltimore Colts. He said, the Baltimore Colts at the time were the most racist organization I'd ever been a part of, I'd ever seen. So he chose, rather than to let them use his body to generate revenue on the football field, He chose to go and play in Canada. He gave up a childhood dream. Anybody would die to play in the NFL, the the epitome of professional football sport, of professional sports, but particularly football. He gave that up, refusing to allow them to profit off of his body. He chose to go play football in Canada for five years. That's a protest. That's resistance. He took the risk the sacrifice, and he gave up a dream. And so I I learned from my own family, that's my family's black history, that's my family's American history, that they use their bodies to resist. And so for me today, I'm using my mind, my research, my studies, but also as a form of activism, I use my body. I run, I eat well, I rest. I refuse to allow the effects, the intended effects of racial injustice and bigotry to have its impact on my body. So my activism is to be well, to live well, to mind my well being. While the Black experience is one of continued hypervigilance. Part of my activism is to come out of that vigilant, that hypervigilant state. Part of my activism is to breathe well. Part of my activism is to present myself well, to run, to eat well, to lift, to stretch, to pause.
3: Michel Foucault wrote,
9: the king's body wasn't a metaphor, but a political reality. Its physical presence was necessary for the functioning of the monarchy. Analogously, the Black body is not a metaphor. Black hair is not an adjective describing aesthetics and form alone, but it is a reminder of a culture, an alternative to the dominant way of seeing and being in the world. It is also a reminder of the power of some having control of narratives around people groups. It is also an eschatological vision. Black on the color spectrum is the amalgamation of all colors. It lacks no degree of pigmentation imagined by the human mind. So I say, heaven is black in this sense. Not ethnically, don't be alarmed, but ontologically. Heaven will be made up of the amalgamation of every ethnicity, every culture, every complexion of skin that has been scattered across the earth by God as God filled the earth with God's image. So metaphorically speaking, heaven will be black. We have the power of the camera today as a prophetic tool to confirm the stories we have been telling for, trying to tell for decades. The camera captures the violent in-between, the liminal space often hidden and forgotten by history, if allowed. The camera forces all to gaze and remember. It compels all to see themselves in those black bodies enduring the weight of oppressive forces, It demands that all would see themselves in solidarity as the oppressed alongside that black body or in opposition to it. The camera, my friends, is an ally. It sees, it remembers, it invites a movement of resistance. And so the camera says,
3: I was there, I saw the whole thing.
9: The cries for mama, the knee on the neck, The blue eyes staring into mine were written on my technological soul. I grieve with the black mothers and fathers and daughters, sons and wives. I screamed on social media and got the attention of the world. I presented the evidence of the institutional disregard for black lives. I then documented the movement so that your descendants knew knew you. They knew you did not accept the terror. When you are gone, I will continue to speak on your behalf. I will play the rerun so that the truth is not lost in the hands of power. You will get paid royalties in the form of equity, equality, and justice, and reparations. I witnessed your death, lament,
3: revolution, and rebirth. I was there. I saw the whole thing. I heard you when you said, I can't breathe. I captured your breaths. And I choose to remember those rather than to define you by your deaths because I was there. I invite us to not allow our bodies to get lost. Our bodies speak, our bodies remember, our bodies have messages, our bodies
9: cast vision. memories, stories are written on these bodies. On this screen right here is a collection of bodies that is telling a story right now. And thank God we're recording this so it can be told moving forward. There's a story being told with these bodies, not just your minds, not just some abstract narrative, your body's presence. Today is telling a story. Someone one day will look back on this space and replay the narrative and
3: remember and be reminded of resistance. Be encouraged to love, be challenged to fight for what's right. I'm just rambling right now, I'm just talking.
9: I'm full. Pastor Lila has me full. Jasmine has me full. Andre has me full. Rochelle has me full. Your faces have me full.
3: My body wants to stay more because my body wants to cry right now. But it's confused because it wants to, to laugh and smile at the same time.
9: I've learned to listen to my body. I've learned that my body has stories that my mind has yet to art, be able to articulate, to organize so that my mouth can articulate, I should say.
3: What has your body been telling you?
9: What stories, what, 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 what memories Not just the bad ones. I don't want to trigger anything. I don't want to stimulate anything. But there are stories that your body wants to
3: tell. Liberative stories, stories of liberation. Stories of affirmation. I remind people,
9: (laughs) the psalmist says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a whole lot in that. That this God formed body, that includes your body, your eyes, your hair, your nose, your lips, your hands, your feet, God formed,
3: fearfully and wonderfully made. Let me share this and I'm going to close. I pulled this
9: up. Rochelle, reading Langston Hughes, my favorite poet, reminded me of Lift Every Voice and Sing in this passage. And I think this verse I'm going to share, a real short verse, the body embodies this. It says, sing a song full of faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. I believe our bodies are singing this song. I believe our, the, we, we embody this
3: verse. Our body is the song
9: full of faith that the dark past has taught us. Our body is the song full of hope that the presence, present has brought us.
3: Will you sing? Pastor Lila.
0: Dang, Phil. Just Okay. Just real quickly, could you tell me the pe- the names in the um the people that store? I'll bring Claire with me. She's a black belt, tiny but My four six doesn't determine how strong you are. Okay. Okay, store names. I'm
9: writing it down. I can't. What did you say? I I, I missed names that. Of stores? The names of who? She wants the
1: stores that would not touch your girl. hands. I'm trying to write it down. The the woman who wouldn't touch your hand and the man who wouldn't touch your.
9: Oh. <laughs>
1: she wants Jean
9: Jean Ward's Jean Ward's. I don't even know if they're still open right now, but Jean Ward's G E N E, Ward's.
0: Um, uh, and okay, so next we have Ms. Glenda leading communion.
10: Get you muted. I got it now. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Lila and Pastor Phil. I feel you, brother. I want to laugh and cry at the same time. Thank you for a marvelous message as usual. You know, <clears throat> sometimes when, we, when you do something on a regular basis, it can become banal or rote and lose some of its meaning or its In John 6, 4, Jesus said to his disciples that they needed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Can you imagine? They must have thought he had to be gone nuts by this time. I believe that what Jesus was referring to was us taking on his character and lifting him up so that he could do the same for us on the last day as he promised the actual act of spiritual eating and drinking of his flesh and blood. is the true nutrient of our souls and making us one with him. So today as we commune with him, Let's focus on the parts of his character as described in Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness, justice, loving and kindness, and truth. These are the characters which are the foundation or pillars of his throne. And we should never forget that. When I've been watching all of this racial unrest. That's the one, Psalms 89, 14 has been the scripture. That I steadily focus on. The pillars of his throne. are righteousness. And what? Justice. So as we go into communion. Let's take this bread. And Jesus took the bread. Gave thanks for it. Broke it. And gave it to his disciples. Saying to them. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Body of Christ, let
0: us all take communion.
10: In the same way, after they had eaten, he took this cup. And he said, this is the cup of my new covenant and my blood, which is poured out for you. So we say, blood of Christ. I suggest that we not just think of uh, and consider this ordinance on Sunday, but every day as we strive to acquire the characteristics of Jesus. So thank you for your time. And Pastor Phil, Lila, Jasmine, Rochelle, everybody who participated in this event today, let me just say as an old woman, you made my heart joyful. And thank you so much.
0: Yay! We love communion, but I'm in my room and I'm not allowed to eat. So the closest thing I had was a turtle rock, but that's okay. Um, so next we have announcements by Serena. Okay, so go ahead.
11: Thank you, Pastora. Um, I just, whew, I feel like I, I need a moment. Um. This whole service has just been like, wow, and I know I'm know i just doing announcements, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I move into announcements? Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody. I'm just, wow, that's all I have to say. But uh, no, I do have uh, a lot of announcements for us for today, so uh, please bear with me. Um, next week we enter our uh, the Lenten season. And this is my favorite time of year. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Lent, it is traditionally a 40 day period of redirecting, uh, rededicating, and realigning ourselves to God in preparation for Easter. Um, I like to think that as Advent is to Christmas, Lent is to Easter. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking also of. Uh, Pastor Phil's message as using our our bodies as as resistance and um, you know reconnecting to God through um, through our bodies during during Lent. Now, some of you are very familiar with Lent and um, may have less excitement than um, than I do about it because for many Lent surfaces memories of giving up chocolate and the guilt that you felt when you accidentally ate a piece of chocolate during Lent um, and the self-flagellation that you inflicted afterwards because you failed Lent. So for those of you whose palms are like starting to sweat right now, I invite you just to breathe because um, as just as we have been reconstructing and re-examining many of the re's that uh, shape our faith in this the sermon series we've been in entitled re, over the next seven weeks, we invite you to apply the same re principles to Lent. We are going to re-Lent we're going to reimagine a deeper reflection and understanding of God through lamentation and celebration. We want to redeem Lent, however that looks for you. So we invite you to consider over these next few days, what could help to renew yourself and your relationship with God during the Lenten season. You are invited But not obligated. I'm going to repeat that you are invited, but not obligated to give up or add in anything that serves this purpose. Maybe you want to recommit to rhythms of rest. Maybe you want to reduce your time doom scrolling so that you can spend more time in prayer or keep up with. Uh, the war in Ukraine, right, maybe um, getting, you know, different new sources. Maybe you want to try some new spiritual practices, and we'll engage in some both individually and communally throughout this Lenten season. Yesterday, I had my first massage in, like, two years, and so afterwards, I was like, hmm, can I add in massage as like my Lenten practice? And I kind of thought that was silly. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to pray about that. Until Pastor Phil was talking about using our bodies as resistance. So I'm thinking, yeah, massages count. And I see the chat being like, yes, 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 yes. So um, I'm excited to be like, oh yeah, massage is my new spiritual discipline. Um, But I do encourage you to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit in preparation for Lent, which begins this Wednesday. So there's a lot that's going to be happening this week. So let me give you kind of the flow. So as I mentioned, um, Lent begins on Wednesday and we are going to kick off re-Lent by celebrating Ash Wednesday on, uh, you guessed it, Wednesday. Wednesday. March 2nd, uh, from six to seven at Mission Gathering in Pasadena. Yes, at Mission Gathering, we will be there six to seven in Pasadena for Ash Wednesday service. For those of you who uh, can't make it during that time, just because of the commute or work or home, whatever reason, we will also have an abbreviated Zoom service from noon to 1215. So on uh, Ash Wednesday, we invite you to fast from food with us in community. Again, however the spirit encourages you to do so. Some of you may take medications or have health reasons, or maybe you just get hangry when you don't eat. Then you don't need to fast. There's no guilt, there's no shame. Maybe you decide to fast from your morning coffee. Maybe if you're like me, you forget to eat on the regular, so you decide to fast the whole day. And if you just thought, how in the world do you forget to eat? Maybe you wanna fast from one meal. Uh, Maybe you wanna fast from lunch. However, you fast, we will break fast in community together uh, after the Ash Wednesday service. So that's Wednesday. Then on Friday, starting on March 4th and all the Fridays in Lent, we will continue to fast together as familia from sunrise to sunset with the opportunity to break fast alone um, or together wherever we find ourselves. So over these next 40 days, beginning on Wednesday, you may choose to add in or take out something for the whole 40 days Uh, to add in for 40 days and fast on Fridays, it's really up to you to uh, redefine what will redeem and revive Lent and prepare you for Easter. And then as Pastora Laila mentioned in the beginning of service on Sunday, March 6th, after much waiting and longing, we will be resuming in-person services at Mission Gathering in Pasadena at 4 p.m. So next Sunday, there is no 10.30 Zoom living room. I appreciate this space, I love it, but I am so looking forward to seeing everybody in person. Uh, This service will be live streamed on Facebook if you are unable to join us in person, but we hope that, that you can be there. Um, And as we've been mentioning, right, in preparation for us being back in person, I just want to thank everybody who has signed up to help with setup and teardown. Um, I need like three to four more people who can help with greeting on second and fourth Sundays uh, to volunteer or learn more. Please complete the Sunday service survey. Uh, I will, Rob's already on it. It's in the chat. Um, I'd love to tell you more about serving. Right now, I want to hand it over briefly to Mary, who's going to share an announcement about the Racial Solidarity Project. Mary, this time is yours.
12: (laughs) Hi, I am Mary, and uh, I'm with uh, Pastor Phil Allen's nonprofit, the Racial Solidarity Project. And last September, several, several of you participated in our second annual solidarity race, which is part of the wellness pillar of RSP, and as you heard today, Pastor Bill spoke a lot about wellness being a form of activism and our bodies being the instrument of activism, and so this year we are expanding our wellness program, and uh, so we're going to have a a resiliency challenge, and what that is, it's going to be three weeks where we're going to send you wellness tasks and that's going to include also two Zoom weekly check-ins and an in-person meetup at Brookside Park, because this is also meant to be done in community, right? So if you want more information, I'm going to put my email in the uh, chat. We're going to have an orientation this coming Saturday, 10 a.m., March 5th. Uh, Pastor Phil will lead that. And there's no charge. And I'm really excited because I, I want us to be well in, in our bodies, you know, both individually and as a church, right? And um, I really believe this will prepare us to just be in this thing for the long run. So um, I hope you will join in. Thank you.
11: Thank you, Mary. I don't know if that was a, a purposeful play on words there. The long run, right? Solidarity run. I like that. All right. We're almost there. Two more things. Um, if you would like to give generously, joyfully, and sacrificially, you can do so at the slash give. There is Rob. Woo! Um, With dropping that in the chat. Thank you, Rob. Always on top of it. Finally, if you would like to connect with one of our pastors, they would love to connect with you and learn a little about your story. Whether you are new, returning, or just haven't filled out the Connect form before, you can do so, uh, again, that link is in the chat. Um, if you'd also like to stay online for a minute or two after the benediction, you can also say hello that way. Um, but you know, we have lots of opportunities coming up to meet in person soon, so uh, we do hope to see you soon. I'd like to hand it back over to our dear sister Jasmine to give us our benediction.
1: Thank you, Serena. Um, Liz said Lila for president, which I agree with. I'm glad I live with her. She's amazing. But I also want to say Serena, for relenting um, I that is like blew my mind. Um, and also Serena for like everything, like those announcements. I was like, I am cute. <laughs> my ADHD is not working. Like right now I'm listening. I would say Phil for um, being a member of the church we hope for and for the pastoral staff, my vote's for you. Uh, <laughs> Same as Glendar for everything, Every single thing when you open your mouth we're like just give it to us our hearts just you know melt to the floor uh, i would say rochelle you should provide all the readings um andre you should provide all of the original music um and uh, am i forgetting someone yourself, <laughs> yourself. And me, okay, here I am. So I will provide the benediction. This is my first time providing a benediction. I feel so blessed to for the opportunity to pour this benediction over this community, especially on this day. So please open your hands and receive this blessing. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family, every person in heaven and on earth gets its name. We get our name from you, God. I pray that out of your glorious riches, out of God's glorious riches, that he will strengthen all of us with his power through his spirit inside of our inner beings, inside of our bodies, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that each and every one of you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people, with all of us to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge, that you, that I, that we all may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is, within, with, that, is, that is at work within us, within our bodies. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for journeying with
0: us today in this service.